0: Let's watch the Bart video. Oh, yeah. You want to get into that? You, you want to start? Let's <laughs> just go, yeah, let's go. Right. Well, well, I think let's just we're recording right now, right? Yeah. So like yeah, why don't we just, go. why don't we record this? We'll keep it casual right now. I think that's maybe a thing that I think that I've come to like in other podcasts is really just subtly start where like the intro almost comes a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean? Like, we've we like right. definitely, we,
1: I don't just mean other podcasts. We've done that so many times where we're like, <laughs> it starts literally like this and then it gets to like this, but it's like seven minutes in and we're like, so, we're so, already doing so it. So I'll just give you an intro. This uh, is not a. This is not a professional
0: operation.
1: <laughs> um, hey, do you have the? Um, oh yeah, you got the.
0: I got the running order. Yeah. Um, yeah it's like it. the opening scene, and then
2: the cut music comes in. We yeah, do exactly. we do that yeah. sometimes. We, we should some, do a
1: foreshadowing of like a fight that we have later on. Like drop that in the beginning, <laughs> and then oh, uh, be <laughs> and then it's like how did they get there? Yeah. that but, is actually a good idea. All right, uh, Noah, that's let's, like, uh, a, that's a good fabricate. Fabricate with me the uh, fight that we're gonna have later. This is like the.
0: Um, Lenny, like Reservoir Dogs opening. Yeah. Okay. The fight that we're gonna have later is that. Look, I don't care if I was clicking or knocking on the table. (laughs) Stop scolding me for doing the stuff that's obviously unprofessional on a podcast. (laughs) Um, Oh, here it is. This is great. Um, Because then I don't. Yeah. Look at this. Oh yeah. We gotta get the volume up too.
3: Silent assassin on the field. This is no better. No better competitor than, than than Colby. He knows exactly what.
1: Check
2: on my guy. All right, all right. thanks for the visit. Put
1: it up. Let's next hope Artola
2: Cologne is all right. That ball hit
0: hard yeah, off, off of Cologne. On. He got
3: you know. Got a little bit. That ball yeah. hit hard. Have you been hit before?
0: Oh yeah. How many times? A bunch of times. Oh, did a door caught it in the outfield? No, I yeah. missed that one. Yeah, that was that's a good one. How long did it take you to recover from that?
3: No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Brian is uh, so good at podcasting that he knows that video translates really well. Um, to the audio format.
0: This is a multimedia podcast and we we'll, <laughs> we will share the link of Well, Noah shared it and I was appreciative of it. Noah shared the link to us. But Noah Another Davis key sent to you guys. key insight about
1: podcasting is that not, not everyone's on our email chain.
0: We got I guess we'll intro Noah now. So we got Noah Davis in the house in the in the license um, number yeah. one Bartolo Colon fan. Exactly. Well we're all we we're, we're, we're all, all I like don't Bartolo, know yeah, Bartolo, yeah co-, co number one. Who is who is I guess Bartolo Clone is maybe an enemy to the parts of his family that he's kept secret. You know, really. there's ai will tell you who
1: Bartolo Cologne is an enemy to. There's a old conspiracy theory that uh, someone bought a new car and uh, it like just never ran out of gas. It like kept going <laughs> and um, they never had to refill it. And they took it to the gas station, figuring the gas meter was broken and it didn't take gas because it was already full. And they're like, something went wrong. And then one day they saw some men in black suits outside opening the hood of their car tinkering with it and they said and as the homeowner you know opened the door to say hey get away from my car the guys ran away and then all of a sudden after that whatever they removed from the the you know front of the car it ran
0: like a normal car uh, those people are opposed to bartolo <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense that's a very big big band of society too that's a very large yeah but it's worth
1: mentioning because now I know that you are
0: going to investigate that conspiracy theory that's and true. possibly
1: <laughs> make it a cornerstone of your worldview.
0: well here's the thing is that like I love Noah shared it because you as we all know I love Bartolo Colon we could also share it should we share the video of him hitting the home run or no yeah should, yeah yeah let's, let's, do let's, do like, it. Like, let's just to, do it we're
1: celebrating because uh, yesterday there was uh, we we'd had to scrap the plans for this podcast because Bartolo Colon took a direct shot uh, straight to his belly uh, like if a, he caught it, if it hits his belly, it would probably not hit the ground, right? No. And that would count as a catch.
0: The, like, if it just, it just it. Like, he it. could just stand okay. in front of it, yeah. yeah, and, like, absorb it. Yeah. It's like Homer with a cannonball. And, yeah, like, exactly. Um, or it's yeah. like when a football t-
1: gets stuck in, like, the visor, you know, and it, like, counts as a catch.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's an incredible play. He gets hit in the gut. And then jumps off the man and throws a guy out at first.
0: And you know what? This is in the case of me making the case of what we were talking about Noah before you got here. About I don't know where you stand. I know you're from Boston, so you're probably probably a, a Red Sox fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. There, you so or you're from Rhode you're from Rhode Island. You're right? from Massachusetts. Uh, uh, Ma- you're Massachusetts. Oh, damn it! I do this every Southeastern time. Southeastern New England. They're you're does, from New doesn't England. Doesn't matter. They're very call? small yeah. states. Rhode um, Island is less a Same thing, but the Lenny was trying to say that the that because Shohei Otani is perfectly designed for the national league, but it still doesn't work for them because they're like, okay, well it's still more advantageous for him to just be a good hitter and then pitch once every four or five days. Yeah. Um, but, I'm still in the camp of like, look, you have to field your position and you the rules of the game are that you have nine guys on the field and then not, nine guys go up to bat and then you replace them. And that, that's your resource. My, of Guys,
1: that's yeah. No, that's a very purist. You know, also like, you know, books should be written with handwriting and pens like that's what they're, you know. what. No, OK, yeah, the, National <laughs> the National League sucks. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I, 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 just just the, because the American League pretty much wins every all star game. I pretty don't pre- take league. medicine. I rely on a higher power. I don't know about you. Um, I will say that you have a player who you want both his bat and his arm, and yet NL, which is ideally made for the NL's stupid rules, and yet the NL's rules actually preclude him from having any value because you're going to be taking the, you know, he can't feel the different position. So even like the NL's rules, when you have someone that comes along that actually makes them make sense, it doesn't work for them. Like those are, those, it's a bad rule. Yeah, I, this is a long-standing argument that Brian have had for years. Well, it's, and
0: it's also it's also just based purely because you're a White Sox fan and I'm a Mets fan. So I'm just like yep. I I, I feel like true. I but the had I grown up a fan of an American League team, I know that I would probably have your camp. And I think if you had grown up a Cubs fan, you would have been in my in 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 my camp. I think if I had grown up a Cubs fan, I'd be like, I like you, know. <laughs> you would not be here. You'd be at Notre Dame yeah. working your <laughs> or just <laughs> just graduated Notre Dame working your Ernst and Young job exactly. Uh, all right, I'm almost at the stupid. Stu- by stupid video, I mean the best video of all time. All right, here. So here, you found the you found uh, the cologne home run. What is it, this from? This is from two years ago. This is the 2016 season, and my personal memory with this, which is one of the great memories of baseball history, is that I was at John Murray, our mutual friend and former podcast guest here. Um, uh, I was at his place. I was like, "Hey, man, do you want to turn on the Mets game?" I was like, "Yeah, I do, actually." It was probably the first, like I knew it was in the first or second inning. Um, I was like, "Yeah, let's like let's turn the game on." We were just kind of hanging out, having a chill, chill night in. Um, and then I looked down at my phone, and I saw an MLB notification. It just said Bartolo Colon something, and I knew he was pitching. But I kind of like like look you know how you look at your phone, and you glance away, and then I realized it said home run, and I thought I was like, "Oh, he gave up a home run." But I'm like they wouldn't send a notification for, for that cuz I had like they send only the special news notifications and then as he turned on the TV it came on the game came on and it was like perfectly timed cuz his broadcast was you know maybe 10 or 15 seconds delayed behind the actual broadcast <laughs> and then this is what this is what I saw on the television
3: looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one. Deep oh. left field. That goes Upton. Back near the wall.
1: It's yeah. out of here. Sure. That's really, Bartolo has Not done a bad it. home run either. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a great call, happened. too. I'm so excited.
3: <laughs> the team vacates the dugout as Bartolo takes the long trot. His first career home run there'll be nobody in the dugout to greet him <laughs> this is one of the great moments in the history of baseball Bartolo Colon has gone deep uh,
0: but um, but anyway so I think Gary Cohen's call right there I think that actually might have won or was in the nomination for like calls of the year or whatever the, the announcer awards they give but um, I just think Gary Cohen is one of the best announcers in baseball and I think it should be recognized yeah. and that's not a Homer opinion at all <laughs> Um. Uh, okay, so
1: um, yeah, Bartolo Colon, the uh, the player with the. Uh Name of Bart Simpson, the body of Homer Simpson, and the agelessness of every
0: Simpson. <laughs> he's been going thirty years straight, <laughs> and has now lapped a lot of managers in baseball. Essentially, like he's pitching against guys who used to ma- like uh, who played and now are managers. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also going thirty years straight. Noah Davis. Yeah, uh, at least good segue. <laughs> but anyway, so Noah, thanks for sharing that and indulging our Bartolo clone and the Bartolo. nations. To be honest, Bartolo clones. Uh, um, obsession uh, but yeah so noah you're a writer uh and i think you're uh, of, so, of sorts this is again the classic segue but you're a writer you're a sports a sports fan sports writer sports, a sports fan, fan in, mm-hmm. in your own right um and there's a certain global event that's coming up soon that i think you might have a little bit more expertise than uh lenny and myself yeah. Is that right, Lenny? That is true, but I
1: just wanted to say that I'm I'm extremely excited for this episode, uh, like few others that we've done recently, because I'm super pumped for the World Cup. I don't know if it's going to be a particularly good or surprising World Cup. I don't know if you agree with, disagree with that, but I'm so fucking excited for it, and I'm really happy
2: that you're here to talk to us about it. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think every World Cup is not great soccer in a lot of ways you know yeah. i mean it's not the best soccer in the world but i think as an event especially in the u.s like this is super exciting and i think it's been really fun
1: the thing the reason i say that about this one in particular is um that uh i mean every four years my life basically goes on hold and i like adjust my working schedule around whatever sleeping schedule i have to adopt you know for the so i'm totally down with that um but i think that this year there's like uh, like most of the cut like the u.s isn't in it italy's not in it um The, uh, like, I'm glad that Mexico's in it. It's always fun when Mexico's good. But I feel like either, like, one of the European countries are going to win it, or Brazil, or, like, some... Like, I don't know if there's that many dark horse candidates this year. Is that... Do you think that's fair to say?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there's never, you know, it, it, every World Cup is sort of like Brazil or Germany. Or right. Like, there's always the favorites. The, the then, power <laughs> players. Yeah. You know, but then, like, Costa Rica comes out of nowhere yeah. in Brazil and goes to the semifinals and Navas stands on his head and, like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think you get really excited. And it's also, it's like, it's the first goal is just get out of the group. So you kind of never know who's going to get out of the group.
1: Can, can I ask you, where do you think the World Cup is in like the level
2: of play for the World Cup is relative to other tournaments and other leagues in the world? Um, I I think that's a good question. And uh, I think the big thing to understand about the national teams is that it's a weird construct, right? Like they don't spend that much time together. So your national team is you get like the best 11 guys, the best 18 guys who are playing well at that time, and you bring them in. The World Cup's a little bit different because you have like three weeks to prepare, but like you compare that to Manchester City or... Bayern Munich or any any club in the world and it's like they get a whole season you know and and there's a book called uh inverting the pyramid by Jonathan Wilson that's about the history of the tactics of football oh okay uh soccer and it's really interesting and it goes through just sort of how formations developed and you know they used to play with like 11 defenders and then they were like okay let's start attacking and it's kind of all these relationship rate like relational formations and how like you know someone would start playing with one formation and then another coach would counter with a different formation anyway point is like 40 or 50 years ago, the innovation, the tactical innovation stopped being on the national team level and they um, started being with the clubs because yeah. Pep can spend an entire season tinkering with this formation and then someone else can try to counter it. And so I think, you know, in terms of the, like the actual, you know, if you, if you took the German national team and Bayern Munich in FIFA, like they're probably pretty close in terms of like just sheer skill. Um, I think if you put them against each other like byron would kill the germany
0: yeah. because you know they they're used if to playing together. Duplicate some of those players. Yeah. Like a clone one and just have it play right. against Right. And, and yet, you look yeah. at like the
2: best national teams are teams that have like Germany that has a lot of guys on byron or right. Spain when they had a lot of Wait, guys all barcelona and, and real you know. That was also the
1: case with that famous England team that won the World Cup. They were mostly Arsenal, weren't they? I think
2: yeah, I think in the 60s. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I think it's like it it, you know it's not the best soccer in the world i think it's exciting because there's it's a different kind of passion but i think especially for american fans who like the the idea that the national team it's like this it's this weird construct that like and also if you go to england or you go like anywhere other than the u.s like people kind of some like they don't the the national team of that country is not the number one team that they root for you know where in the u.s it's like you ask the average american fan um especially like a newer newer American fan and like the first team they root for is probably the national team.
1: Yeah. It makes sense though, because like the, you know, we in our, in the American mind, and certainly traditionally, Matt, hopefully this is changing, but um, we think of soccer as a global sport and you know, like it's almost, it earns respect because it's the most popular sport in the world. And so the most natural venue to see that played is all the countries of the world playing each other. And it's also, you know, like not every superstar in the world is in La Liga. Although a lot of them are, you know, like Neymar is randomly in uh, France. France. Yeah. And so there's. this is genuinely, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say the same thing with the Champions League, but like it's kind of the natural, it's like countries that are exotic playing each other with all the stars. Like the that alignment is right. It, it, that, that tournament aligns with the, the American conception of soccer as this global event. Well, yeah. don't,
0: it also probably aligned with our love of spectacle more than anything oh. else. I mean, and even, our love of soft nationalism. Yeah. So I'm, it's like, look, we can all disagree with each other super hard, but if it's an excuse for me to just drink American canned beers and, and wear a, an American <laughs> totally. flag as a headband, like uh, I'm, I am on board <laughs> well,
2: and, and soccer in the U.S. I mean, there's a lot of soccer fans, but also like for the casual fan, they get excited about events. You know, they get excited about the world cup or like the champions league final. Maybe that's how you get people into it. And You know there's there's not a lot of people who are just kind of watching week in week out i mean there there are a lot of people but there's you know a couple million or 10 million or something whereas like you know you can go down to brooklyn bridge under the brooklyn bridge during the world cup and there's a thousand people out there watching a world cup game in the middle of afternoon and like that's super cool i don't know if the like some of those guys are going to stay some of those guys and girls are going to stay uh after not a lot of them you know i think Soccer in the U.S. is still very much like an event-based culture. I mean, it's kind of it's similar to like the Olympics, right? Like yeah. people get super excited about curling once every four years, and like no one gives a shit after that. Yeah. But it, it's not quite at that level. But I do think that there are some similarities between like the spectacle of the Olympics and the spectacle of the World Cup.
0: Well, do you think so? As far as converting fans or converting new fans, I think that's actually probably what the MLS uh, keys in on because a lot of MLS games I've been on have keyed in on essentially the like. Uh, like biting European or Me- South American style soccer culture and importing it into the U.S. and being like, oh, "Okay, well, what people like is just going to games and beating drums or singing songs and all that stuff." So it's kind of like we've kind of in a very American, but also the astroturfy kind yeah, of way too. It, we just, you, oh, I, I hate it. That's what it's kind of what, one of the reasons why I've come to reject mls soccer a little bit where i'm like this feels very astroturfed it feels very forced as opposed to like in european culture i'm like this is genuinely part of their like sporting culture Uh, and
1: And to be clear i think brian what you're referring to is like you were a season ticket holder at nycfc and that scene got annoying because it was very uh it was sort of synthetic it like went to this level of like pitched excitement Without having to go through this other, like, decades-long phase of just violence at the stadium, you know? Like, yeah, it, it wasn't a natural feeling. I, I
0: genuinely like watching the sport of soccer. I genuinely enjoy the game. I think it's fun. And don't get me wrong. I also like cheering and going to... I love going to sporting events in general. I'm a yeah. huge baseball fan. I go to basketball games, football games. I, a partial Jets season ticket owner. So, I, I was in it for that. And there are super cheap tickets. But there was this... Uh, in MLS culture in particular, you could feel that coming down from the top, too, you definitely felt it like coming from the uh, the U.S. Soccer Commission, um, saying that, like, we have to, to grow the game. We're going to force people into these kind of European style. We're going to force a culture of this kind of European style fandom. And so I wonder, that's certainly going to bring a lot of people in. But for me, it kind of turned me away a little bit. I'm like, I'll still get down with the U.S. Uh, soccer team every four years and i'll watch actually i'll occasionally throw on an english premier league game or la Liga game and be like oh this is kind of fun to watch but as far as just like going to games regularly i have like no attachment to nycfc or new york red bulls the same way that i would do like the mets or the jets or something like that you know yeah Yeah. but like
2: those teams didn't exist when you're growing up right right? like i mean and i I think about it the same way i mean i'm a huge soccer fan i write about it professionally and like i don't really have an mls team that i root for because like i didn't grow up with any. i mean the New England Revolution were the closest team, but they were like, I was 14, I think, when they started. Yeah. And it's like, by the time I was 14, like, I'm done. I already yeah. have all my allegiances, you know? And like, yeah. I I had some friends and we went out to a Red Bull game and we had season tickets for a year. And I mean, it was a similar experience of like, this is fun, like a couple times a year, but I don't want to come here every Saturday. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a long way. It's kind of a pain. Also, NYCFC, Yankee Stadium is a terrible place to watch a soccer game. It's not good. Um, Some would say it's a
0: terrible place to watch a baseball game, but that's, <laughs> but you know, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I, nobody's th- biased, right? <laughs> I think the other
2: problem is, is like, like you're saying, I mean, you have the decades of violence and you don't want the violence, but you do need the decades to yeah. create something. Right. And so I think you have, I think you're, you're now getting to a generation of kids who grew up, who are now 15, who have had not only safe but like there's a lot of Red Bull fans who only know a world where the Red Bull existed. Yeah. Like that's a huge change, but that just takes time. You know I mean? The, yeah. What MLS needs is it needs 20 years.
0: Yeah. Like, so you think oh so you you're you're long on. So you do think the MLS has a bright future then? You, yeah. I think, I think so. I mean, I think every year MLS
2: gets 5% better, yeah. you know, and it's not getting worse. I think um I, I think that they I think there's also a big advantage to being able to go to a game mm. um and, and bring people. I, I don't think it's the best league in the world. I think it could certainly be better. I think there's a lot of things that they could do that would make it better. Um I think they they do act a little bit like they're the NFL when they, yeah. they just sort of like how, and that's because the, all the management comes from the NFL. Garber, Don yeah. Garber, the commissioner, is a former Lamar NFL guy. Lamar Hunt was the one who started it, right? Yeah, Lamar Hunt and Kraft Are, is a, a huge, yeah. you know, Robert Kraft is a big owner. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do think that. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna keep getting better. It's never gonna be the NFL. Like yeah. it's never gonna be the NBA. But it's actually. Like, I
1: don't know. But are you sure about that? I mean, the NFL is not gonna be the NFL pretty soon. They're gonna to have to stop playing the sport in you know fifty years
2: probably. Uh, and I guess so, I'd say nothing is gonna be the NFL. Right. Like yeah. nothing. Nothing is gonna be NFL. Two thousand ten. I don't know. Like, yeah. I can
1: see the MLS being. The more integrated the globe becomes, the idea that there's actually. You know what. Um, uh, the, the, the more integrated the globe becomes, the more I could see like a specifically American version of it being something that we all can get behind in that sort of soft nationalistic way. I often thought that what one key to American soccer as a league, as a, as a construct um, that could be applied either to the national team or to the, or to a domestic league that would really help it be successful is if there was an American style of play that adhered, more to the kind of like no diving like concept <laughs> that really turns me off to a lot of international soccer. Um, I feel like they come at it from a different um, almost set of sport, you know, on field ethics than American sports do where it's like, you know, American sports is like, don't let it, don't give them the satisfaction of, you know, letting you wince, letting, you know, letting them see you wins. But um, you know, and like this kind of tough guy mentality and stuff. And then like, but elsewhere, they, like don't have any compunction about doing that and if americans saw soccer a form of soccer that didn't do that i thought that i always thought that that might
0: help us like buy into it more has soccer done a lot to correct like diving i feel like they've uh, are, are they i it's think part it, of the it game. has but
2: yeah. it, it's hard you know it's hard to you have everyone's going a million miles an hour and yeah. like even with you don't you don't want replays ruining everything so like hard a th- to agree on that you know uh, every sport yeah. like i mean it only works in tennis because that's objective like the ball is either in or it's out yeah.
0: and, and we have a high definition camera, like high like definition in, camera. And, and
2: even if it's wrong all the players agree that it's it, going to be wrong in their favor and wrong in someone else's favor so yeah. it's like boom boom you know yeah. but diving i mean also like diving is There are levels of diving, right? There's like, you touch me and my body explodes. There's also like, (laughs) you foul me and I try to fight through that. And maybe I stay on my feet, but maybe the fact that you fouled me and I tried to stay on my feet means that I blow that chance. Whereas if I fell, I would actually get a penalty kick. Right. And so like, there are a lot of times where Americans try to stay up when actually they should go down. And I think there's like this weird balance of, you know, what, what's a what's a foul? What's a dive? What's a play on? And how do you adjudicate all of that stuff? There's too there's too much diving. Um, I do think that penalties could be a lot stiffer afterwards. I mean, I think you have to just start you start throwing people out, right? And you're like, if that's an obvious dive, you you miss the next game. It, now it's in the NBA. I mean, you got guys who yeah, are yeah. seven feet tall and three hundred pounds, and it's like they get touched and they just fly into the stands. You're like, okay, well that's not that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, the the NBA is, and they've been like you know the the old saw you hear from. New York daily news readers would be like these guys LeBron would have never lasted against Michael Jordan or at least like that was a tougher game like you know there's no way he could add the flu game or whatever and the, the way they play aggressive ball like you know um, that's my standard stand in uh, New York City general good, guy it. <laughs> yeah. Francesca um, uh, yeah <laughs> Mike Mike Francesca call, in, uh, call her in um, but yeah so it, uh, it's something to be said that like yeah because we have because of replay and because there's just so much so many more eyes on things that like that there is this visibility to like flopping and fouling. I think that's an interesting thing. The NBA has definitely gotten well, that's why the NBA is also the play style has just turned into this like, okay, well, everyone's also just gotten really good at shooting. So, like, nobody go in the paint and let's just everyone just turn yeah. into laser uh, shooters from 40 feet out. <laughs> and you yeah. know, what's it's, kind of cool
1: is that I, I read an article recently, uh, like last year, about um, the, uh, the, the NBAization of football, where the, you know, you got these like Jimmy Graham type guys that are basically like just kind of. Um, blocking out other players and it's like a very like the the route concepts have become very much like basketball plays <laughs> and but in the nba you kind of have the soccerification of nba because they've since they eliminated um the the rule that let like now there's a lot more like floor spacing and people can like there's no illegal defense rule is that right yeah
2: so you can play zone yeah it's, you can play they were used to play be... zone and you can't hand check and yeah. it's, right. just, it's just offense basically yeah
1: but doesn't don't you think that now like modern basketball kind of looks a little more like soccer like it's a soccerification of it
2: yeah i think so a little bit i mean it's it's more free flowing i think everyone wants free flowing yeah. you know and i think the nice thing about soccer is that it just keeps moving constantly and like it's not i mean it, it's boring in one sense but also like it never stops you know
0: what i like about soccer is when it's officiated well it's really great cuz it's like it's only the ref makes justified calls and comes in and and makes something yeah, and it's only happening when it needs to happen. And generally, the game flows. There's not a lot of stops. There's not a lot. Of, there's no commercials, which is a great appeal yeah. to it. And when there are a lot of stops, it's uh, it's a problem. And the last World Cup, I actually have. Can I tell this story? And then, so the last World Cup the opening game was croatia versus brazil and i went to the croatian bar in astoria where david deal of formerly of the new york giants famously got arrested for just driving his truck directly into like <laughs> got so <laughs> drunk and then tra- drove his truck directly into like five cars <laughs> and then, but cuz he's croatian too uh, yeah, um so we go me and my cousin go to this croatian bar we're the only non-croatian people there it's my cousin and his coworker who is croatian so he's like our entry into this and they're all wearing like the like Italian dinner uh, check, checker, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like checker uniforms. It's just like the red and white checker, un- like uniforms.
1: Can I just I, say? Wait, wait, I saw a picture of like a really hot wag once who was dating like the hot, like the best player on the Croatian team, and it was a picture of this like gorgeous woman standing next to the this kid who. Who basically looked like an emaciated, like Ukrainian kid who's dressed up in a tablecloth. <laughs> it just looked real dumb. Anyway, yeah. go on. <laughs> um,
0: that's and that's basically what the rest of this bar looked like. Uh, and so um, we're standing there, and actually, if people remember, the Croatia went up in that they game. Scored more than first, they yeah. scored first, and let me tell you some. If it was if we weren't in Croatia, we were in Croatia West because this bar it was a place where people were speaking. Nobody was speaking English. The guy who was taking the uh, taking the door money, it was like didn't he asked for me for money in Croatian? I was like, I don't. He's like, he's like, oh, it's ten dollars. <laughs> like he had, to, well, he said whatever ten dollars is in Croatian first, and then they lost their mind. And then quickly after that, there were a couple of penalties called, and Brazil, uh, Brazil uh, came back and was ahead. But the bar lost the shit first, but then so the um the referee was japanese and they started singing a song during it and then uh my cousin's friend bo who was with us he's like do you know what song they're singing right now and i'm like no he's like it's very racist <laughs> 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 and i was like well what a what a country but
1: uh <laughs> um but yeah. clearly, did not see the "Say No to Racism" uh, signs in
0: the back. But, but uh, so, Noah, you pointed out though to us uh, as we we're getting ready for this uh, podcast, you, you pointed out that actually one of the more interesting, like, kind of storylines going into this World Cup is the actual World the bid for the not the following World Cup, but the World Cup after that, the 2026, 2026
2: world Cup. Yeah, but, uh, um, it happens. I think the day before or two days before the tournament starts, mm-hmm. June thirteenth. I think June fourteenth. Uh, it's the U.S. Mexico and Canada have a United bid. The Amero, folks. the Amero. It's the Amero. <laughs> uh, like most of the games are in the U.S., which seems a little unfair, but whatever. And then uh, Morocco is the other bidding country. Those are the only nation. two. Only two. Yeah. Morocco is a last-minute entry. They, uh, they didn't have a website for a very long time. Uh, they have
0: the
1: sign of su- success. Yeah. We have
0: a website kind of, they, had, yeah,
1: they still had to figure out the logistics behind dot M O R.
2: Uh, they have very few plans. It seems like, um, but it's actually kind of close And uh, it was pretty much like last this time last year, it was basically like, all right, this, this United bit is going to win. It's going to walk away. That, that's it. Like no one is even going to bid against them. And then Morocco kind of came out of nowhere at the last minute, pissed everyone off. So they changed the rules so that they could actually have won the vote early because nobody was going to do it. And <laughs> right. then Morocco came in last and they were like, Oh, okay, well now we get it. So
1: what's, what is the reason why I have many questions? Yeah. A, why is it an amaro? It is literally like the Alex Jones, like Omero, like nightmare. Yeah. Um, why are they, why is it a, a, a NAFTA? Is it like instead of NAFTA, we're going to have a World Cup yeah. bid? <laughs> um, and also, why uh, is Morocco even close to in the voting? So,
2: first answer is that beca- it's because they didn't want to bid against Mexico. Mm. So, Mexico, and I think. If it had been, if they hadn't done it, the U.S. would have bid, and then Mexico would have bid, and then they would have oh, to, they would have had to battle each other out, and then they might have lost.
0: So they they caucused, essentially. They Basically, like, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and I don't know exactly what the mechanisms are. I mean, a lot of it is like. Everyone hates America. We need some support. If we bring in Mexico and we bring in Canada, we'll win some more bids. um, Or we'll win some more votes.
0: Nobody's ever been mad at Mexico. (laughs) 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 Not since the Zimmerman telegram. (laughs) Um,
2: Morocco just kind of, they bid like all the time, basically. um, In some weird way. The other thing is that this, the first one, that's going to be 48 teams. So it's now 50% larger which interesting was that was like, well, like Morocco cannot hold host of 48. I mean, there's just not a lot of countries that can host a 48 team world cup.
0: Well, uh, is that, was that specifically in response to Qatar's bid? Because I feel like, isn't Qatar going to have a hard time even hosting the, the amount of teams that they're going to host. Yeah, is that, yeah. Yeah.
2: But they have a ton of money and they
1: have
0: oh, a lot of time point. and that like, helps. They,
2: they need, like they are like, this, and is, a lot this of slaves. is what they're doing. And a lot. <laughs> yeah. Of, it's amazing like, what you can get done when you don't mind having slaves. Yeah. You don't mind them dying. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean I mean cutter is going to be a disaster in a different way because it's like the size of Delaware and you're going to have 10 stadiums in a tiny little space and you are going to have 500,000 people not drinking alcohol. And Isn't, they they gonna really conv- go- Isn't it going to Isn't it going to conflict with the with the regular league seasons too? So they changed the route, they changed the timing. So it's now in the winter. Okay, so wait, th- what did they change? Like the The World Cup is going to be November-December 2022. But that's going to conflict with uh domestic leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Are, are is are they going to lose star power? Or are people not going to play in it?
2: No, they're going to play. Everyone's pissed. Yeah,
0: it doesn't make this is so so that, fucking stupid. Dude, well, that's also a testament to how much money they have. That's like that's insane. Well, and they it, said
2: they weren't going to do it, and then Cutter got it, and SAP was like, all right, "We're going to switch it. We're going to flip it around." Uh, they also gave Fox um, all of the all of the rights holders were mad because it's like it's going to go up against the NFL too, and so Fox uh, is like, uh, yeah. "We bid." Billions and billions of dollars for this thing. Now Fox it's going to go right now. up against the NFL. Like this is going to be terrible for us. And so they all, they got extended for the twenty twenty six World Cup at the same rate as the as they paid for twenty eighteen and twenty
1: twenty two. Uh. So like before, like. M- Two thirds of our money supply was created, and like, <laughs> so accounting for inflation is a doozy when you go back to uh, something that was paid for in like 2005. Yeah, before quantitative easing. <laughs> yeah, before, Q- yeah, before QE one even. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's insane. I, I still can't believe they did. I mean, the the Craven. Can you like at all summarize how corrupt FIFA is? Like, is there a way to do that? Without us getting murdered
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like So I did a profile of Sunil Gulati Who's the US Soccer Federation president
0: And let me tell you something One more anecdote Before I step on your great story That you're about to tell But it's like oh, I went to this Cosmos game At the Coney Island In a now defunct league essentially But in the urinal cakes People mm-hmm. had thrown down Sunil, Sunil Gulati pictures In the <laughs> urinal cakes And I was like Nice touch Unifying all sports fans And that we always hate The commissioner of whatever yeah. our
1: sport is <laughs> they, they had a Chuck Blazer one But it only fit in the wheelchair accessible. Star. Oh. <laughs> but anyway,
0: Sunil uh, Galati, head of the U.S. Commission. Yeah. yeah. So uh,
2: I, I think Sunil has done, I think he did a really good job for U.S. soccer and his heart was in the right place. I think he sort of lost the plot in the last four year when he hired Jurgen. I think he made some mistakes, but mm-hmm. um, it, you know, it's interesting talking to him because he is on the FIFA committee and he's one of the reform, you know, sort of one of the most vocal members for reform. And talking to him about it, he's just kind of like this organization is corrupt through and through and it's, it, it's at every level. And so it's not, it, you can't even like find people to promote who aren't corrupt because mm-hmm. everyone has kind of been corrupted. And like, I don't know, I mean, you see it in our government, what's happening now. And it's like, it's like, you can just see like the trickle down corruption happening. Yeah, right. And yeah. it's like, that's been happening in FIFA for 30 years yeah. or a hundred years or whatever. And so, and it's like every, not every, but the vast majority of national federations are corrupt because they're getting their money from FIFA and the way that all the vote trading works, it's like, you know, I mean, cutter, they, one of the reasons they won the bid is for the world cup is because there were 23 countries that had to, or 23 votes for the executive committee. And, you know, cutter built, like they spent like $10 million building stadiums in Guatemala. And like, why did they pick Guatemala? Well, because the Guatemalan, federation president was on that committee. Like they could have built those in Honduras, but Honduras, it didn't matter in Honduras, you know? And so it's like, you can just, you look around the world and you're like, okay, so like, is that corruption? I mean, not really, but like there's some
0: shady shit going on. This, it's like pork essentially that gets yeah, distributed totally. through these international. I mean, the same thing happens with the, thing with the International Olympic Committee and like all these yeah. other kind of things that, yeah, but that's a, that's a good point. And it's just like an extension of global power. It's a smart, semi smart move, uh, or it's a smart move on their part because they're like, look, we want to do this. I and mean, it worked. So it, it worked.
1: And it, but, and it worked. But the, the thing that was, was really infuriating about the cutter thing was that they, it was known before the vote took place. Like, Ever, the world was kind of like, no where are they going to do this. No, you better not do this. You, you know, there was a lot of attention on it, and then they went ahead and voted for it. I mean, who? I don't know who Qatar was going up against in their bid. The U.S. I mean, that was oh, yeah, the U.S. Qatar, yeah.
2: Qatar in the U.S. and Australia basically,
1: and Australia even would have been better. I mean, Australia is not a great World Cup country because it's so huge, but like, I guess so with the U.S. But I mean, yeah, and so the fact just the 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 brazenness of that. Um, of that decision, especially the externalities of having to then move the schedule and stuff, is I think I don't know it, it, it literally led to the Loretta Lynch uh, suit. I mean, like that. I think that that attention on it on the, the um, uh, on the misdeeds of FIFA led to a
2: greater like resolve around the world to um, prosecute them to some degree. Yeah, and I think it, it pissed off the U.S. I mean, it pissed off and I mean, he knows where all those bodies are buried. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't. I, I, there's not a direct line to, to, from that happening to you know get, getting rated, but it's pretty pretty direct. Yeah. By yeah, the well, way,
3: did you
1: hear that uh, Michael Cohen uh, in 2016 uh, went to Cutter and just offered them his services, his access to Trump for a million dollars, and they turned him <laughs> <them> down. <laughs> uh,
0: Michael just pimping himself all over
1: the globe. <laughs> yeah. About, shortly before Jared Kushner tried to get money from them, and they turned him down, and then he uh, authorized a. Total uh, like quarantine of the country <laughs> executed by Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Well, and
0: then that was also when Rex Tillerson was losing his shit because Exxon Mobil, like, has, I mean the q- the q- 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 Qatari um, uh, oil and gas field. It's like they're the only ones other than Iran that has access to the gas shale that the- that-, that-, that is like the biggest. <laughs> and they gas wonder
1: shell. why they- we wonder why they they hate us and are going to vote against our Imero proposal.
0: Well, it's also but well, it's also interesting because they um it's in my the I think the other interesting angle in this is that. Uh, I think the these Olympic events or World Cup events get built as a way. It's like, hey, this is a way to show your country is making its show on the main stage. Like America has been on the main stage, so they turned it down because it was like, well, look, obviously America already has the infrastructure and stadiums. We could we could host the World Cup tomorrow. Like if we if we told everybody like, hey. Clear your stadiums. We have like we have completely the right. They did
2: that in two thousand three when there was SARS in China, and they the U.S. hosted the Women's World Cup on like six month notice. And like the Women's World Cup is not you know it's not the scale of the Men's World Cup, but like that's pretty. I mean, there's there's not very many countries that could do that in six months be like we're having a massive tournament international tournament here
0: yeah you know yeah and we do it and that was that was essentially i guess cruising on that confidence in the bid where it's like but i think there's a premium or there's a sales pitch to it saying that like hey we're showing ourselves on the main stage now you didn't even know half the people most of the people in america and i still think many of them do not know where could not point cutter out on a map or did not even know anything about it up until very recently um and so but they, they get to say that but at the same time it's also been proven that like these global events for uh, emerging countries i mean you can go talk to brazil and we can see what happens in the after what's going on in russia that it's it's not necessarily this net economic benefit that they touted as as a sales pitch to the people like look we're going to build all this infrastructure and build all these things that are around it and then it doesn't it doesn't hold soccer probably requires less of that you know, really onerous infrastructure
1: because it's just stadiums. Like you need to build like China built a ping pong stadium, you know, for, and they could afford, and they're the ones that well, got of it. But,
0: but they, they're, that but, ping pong I think stadium is probably build. the thing that's only still
1: in use. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like, you know, you need to build the, like the judo center and stuff like that. Like, you know, a stadium at least you'll use for political rallies when someone coups the government, you
2: know? Yeah. And needs to make a big speech.
0: <laughs> well, you you know, for the public executions. <laughs> right. but it's also yeah. like
2: all the roads and stuff they they say they're going to build, right? Like in South Africa in 2010, um, they built all this stuff. They built these stadiums in the middle of nowhere they built these roads they said they were going to build these roads and i was driving around and we had this gps and for the first like week i was there i would be following the gps and it would be like okay get on the highway here and there wouldn't be an on-ramp because it hadn't gotten built or like you'd go to this road and it'd be like go left and there would be no road there and because they like uploaded the map that was supposed to be there that they said they were going to be there and it just had not gotten built because that's what happens because they get behind and then they build all the stadiums because they need the stadiums and then everyone leaves and the interest like nothing else
0: gets built yeah so wow Receive yeah it it. Yeah. Um, yeah it took yeah. us
2: three hours to go 30 miles yeah did you, you get to Manaus the, i did not get to Manaus no. that was the one that was like the middle of the jungle yeah that was really far away it's yeah. very expensive to fly in brazil yeah, yeah. i believe it
1: <laughs> um do. so you want to um speaking of uh con- countries that are trying to make their big debut um the the opening game between uh the the, the fight for who's going to uh it's a proxy fight for the proxy fight that is Syria Between Saudi oh, yeah. Arabia and Russia That's true, <laughs> um, that's a good point
0: uh, They should actually just settle Syria With that opening game, I mean why not yeah. It'd be so much better, I think that's the best part About global sports, is like why don't we just settle this out On, on, <laughs> uh, on the pitch You know <laughs> um, Do you have any insight into Like the funniest thing
1: about this World Cup to me Is that the, like, Russia has Never been at a, wor- had a worse Relationship with the world than it does right now. I mean, it's literally almost getting kicked out of the international community. I don't know what else it has to do to get kicked off the UN Security Council, and yet everyone's like, "Okay, but do you want to watch soccer for yeah. a month?" <laughs> like, and then we're gonna get right back to yeah. fucking making sure you're part of civilization.
2: Yeah, I went to Russia, um, 2000. The U.S. played there in 2012, I think, and mm-hmm. they played a game in Krasnodar which is like right by the uh, where they had the Olympics. And I was there and everyone it was before the Olympics and they were everyone was like, I can't believe they're putting the Olympics. I mean, Sochi is a beach community. Yeah. Everyone was there. It was like this is where we come to go to the beach, not the Olympic winter Olympics, but I had to get a visa. And it took me like a week to get a visa. I had to go back there and it was horrible. And now it's like all you need is a World Cup ticket. And they're like, oh, come on. That just yeah. that counts as your visa. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, and especially because you're a
0: journalist too. That's like, I mean, like that's that usually requires an extra level of scrutiny. Um, I've had to deal with that. Who are people working for media companies in my life and going to a country of author, authoritarian. Author, bleh, author, 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 authoritarian. <laughs> authoritarian. authoritarian states. There we go. If you were in an authoritarian state, (laughs) they would just kill you for not being Uh, uh, useful. Take take this retard out, (laughs) man. Take this (laughs) this invalid and and murder. (laughs) Cannot speak. The uh, Uh, the
1: one guy whispers the other, shoveling crew.
0: (laughs) Um, He does not go to college. But... um, but so like it is kind of for it's it's a it's such a bummer that team USA is not in this because the team USA rush Russia- I was so anticipating I was just anticipating team USA would get in and we'd have the ultimate USA versus Russia and somebody would do like the Ivan Drago versus Rocky Balboa kind of like walk-in music I could see like I could just already see the media plug for like the right. USA versus because you know the FIFA is so corrupt that like you know that USA and Russia would have been in the same group I feel like for sure like it, it no, well, no, that's why they happened- put Saudi Arabia they're like who's the next worst enemy in and- on russia's list well Sony what happened Arabia. is that the
1: american uh fa- you know these these fans in like you know with their like you know east coast diplomas and they're like uncle sam hats would walk into a bunch
0: of russian thugs with like boards with a nail through them <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> 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 oh shit yeah well it's well we'll never know or at least not until the next one but um but i guess it, it is the well, I guess. Do you want to take bets on who's gonna win? I guess. Wait,
1: wait. Do you, want, wait is there any, do you have anything else about Russia? Like, uh, um, like anything about like the specter of like how is this country gonna like? Because for the so for the Olympics, like Russia had to build a bunch of stuff. Do you know if they have to build a bunch? of... Are they ready? Do you know like?
2: Yeah, I mean they're ready. Like no one is ever actually ready. Because the infrastructure is never going to get built, but like the stadiums would be fine. You know, what mm. I mean, they know you know what you need to do, and they do it. And especially in a country like Russia, where it's like Putin's going to be like, if you fuck this up, I'll kill you. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. just tell like you tell your thugs, and you, you like find the captain of the thugs, and you're like, don't do that. Yeah. You know, three weeks, don't do anything. <laughs> like, don't fight anyone, and then don't kill all the English fans who come. And I don't know. I mean, we I, know, you want to. Yeah. We know you're really going to want to yeah, kill yeah, these totally. English people. <laughs> yeah. And like I mean, it, it happens every every time, and it's just like you know. I mean. There, there's no like civil unrest because it, it they can just control it. You know, it's I mean? a it happened a little bit in Brazil. There's like yeah. some strikes, but then as soon as then as soon as the games start, no one's paying attention anymore. Anyway, so like none of the media is really covering it, and you know everyone's focusing on the games. So.
0: It is always a, it, and I'm sure in the next couple of weeks we'll see that is always the media run up. It's like they're not ready. There's something wrong with like the ball or the equipment or something like that. The new like there that's always another controversy that comes up ahead of the World Cup because. One uh, whoever wins the bid to design the the World Cup ball, like whether it's Adidas or Nike, essentially I think are the two that it's do Adidas, it. Yeah. Adidas would change the ball. And they, say, then, yeah. then they'll be like, oh, they changed the ball and that kind of Have stuff. Have they like, done that this year?
2: I mean, they make a new ball every
1: time. They did yeah. make a new ball. I haven't heard anything about it. Do you know, Do you know anything about the ball? This I do not week? know anything about the ball. No. I don't either. I feel like they usually make a big deal out of it. Here, Maybe here, it and, here's,
0: and here's my smart money bet: is that a bunch of PR campaigns happen in the next three weeks? Or Probably. Three weeks, it's yeah. coming. It's yeah. coming real. Because it happens every time. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I, I mean, I was looking. I was on. I bet you you're on one of those press releases. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, you would be.
1: You would know. I, yeah. I was on Eurosport recently because I was looking for at those sweet new Columbia away jerseys. Mm, love that blue. <laughs> We'll and, come back to that later yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And uh, I was noticing Actually I'm noticing now That like there, I, me- I remember before The Germany World Cup Especially because That was the first Like 14 panel ball That they tried to make Perfectly spherical By um, like fusing together It wasn't like Sewing yeah. panels And it was so Knuckleball-y That Steven Gerrard Could only kick it With his left foot And have it go straight Because <laughs> his right foot Was too powerful That was the legend at least the, Actually a British kid Told me that But um Uh, Never trust the British
0: (laughs) (laughs) Never trust an Englishman (laughs) But like It was a cool
1: looking ball though I mean Remember that like Iconic German ball And then um, The one for South Africa Was kind of stupid looking actually But um, They usually make a bigger
2: Marketing push for it I think it's coming I mean even today It was like A couple major publications Had like their Like there's a messy article And ESPN that came out today It's the cover ESPN the magazine It's like I think right now is like This is the first week That it's gonna come
0: I thought that was His last World Cup Last time around Did he say uh, Is he No he he quit He quit after Copa America Oh that was it After the final And they lost to Chile When he missed a PK I know I remember that He
2: could've won
1: A tournament the same year that Christian they actually both had kind of the same game because Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't in that game right he got hurt yeah. yeah and Lionel Messi was brilliant in that game and then didn't miss a PK so they kind of had about even performances
2: <laughs> <laughs> um he came back
1: though
2: yeah. after like there six months He's like,
1: the one yeah. who doesn't make sense that he came back was Buffon because I thought that was actually going to be a good like you know he was like the heart and soul of that Italian team they failed to qualify for the World Cup he quit And then apparently he came back. Um, Like, why come back? Like, he's not going to be able to play in the next World Cup.
2: I think it's hard unless he's
0: Bartolo, Bartolo Buffon. Who's the Bartolo (laughs) of the soccer world? Is there any Buffon? (laughs) Yeah. So you kind of alluded to this before, actually. But like, let's talk about actual teams that are playing since our team isn't. (laughs) But but so like you mentioned that like the quality of play is bad, and teams that tend to win are ones that already have built-in players. Spain is Spain is definitely. A built-in team that has a, a team that is already on the field playing like it, and yet it, there's a lot
1: of like the, like we mentioned the previously the tiki-tac are they still doing that like is that still the
2: dominant like spanish national team style still like very possession oriented yeah i mean they don't have xavi anymore so that's you know they they have an iniesta still uh and it was kind of him and xavi so i don't know iniesta's 34 though it's hard to see uh, 34 year old leading a team to like the world cup is tough. You know, it's yeah. six games and like not that long. And, yeah. uh, that's brutal. Like, and if, if they don't, you know, you kind of like maybe he plays 60 minutes in a couple of those group stage matches, but that's tough, man. You, yeah. you know, even that it's like, I, I, and I think they have a lot of kind of young, you know, young guys up and coming, but they don't really have anyone who can score. Yeah. And I think, you know, people are pretty excited about Spain, but I, I just don't see it.
1: Um, Okay, and uh, so France, I've seen highly touted. Um, they have largely—it's kind of the opposite thing with Spain. They have largely the same like core of players. Like Griezmann was on the last in the last World Cup, wasn't he? Um, I don't know if Giroud is like—I'm confused by him because every time I see him play, he's really good, and then everyone always uh, shits on him. Um, he's really pretty. He is. Oh he's, God, he's that he's is good, a great, hot guy. Yeah. That guy's gonna—that's gonna be wow, the chef's uh, kiss. That's gonna be the the album cover for this podcast episode because <laughs> that damn, that then. is a good looking guy. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like, do you know so you know anything about France and because they're they're I, I've seen them favored on some websites.
2: I think the thing about France is that like when they're they always have if if not the most talented team like one of the closest one of the top talented teams. It's just like how unified can they be? You know, it's like either they're great like ninety eight and they win or they fall apart. I and mean, two years later, they fall apart and they just like. I mean, a couple of years ago Ribery was like driving cars around after uh after the games and just you know, he, like he's doing crazy shit and yeah. nobody wants to hang out with him and uh So is I he don't still know.
1: is he still on the team?
2: I don't know if he made the team or not. Uh is I, he injured or something? I think he's I think he's hurt,
0: yeah. He's France's Landon Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> well, <he's, laughs> Landon Donovan's it, it, old. Yeah, but well, what saying. well, he's got Frank Ribery's got to be pretty old too, isn't he? He's been yeah, around for forever. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's as Pogba's old. old too, isn't he?
2: He's pretty young, I think. Paul Pogba. Oh,
1: I thought
0: yeah, he was he's older. not that young. No, um, he's not that
1: old now.
2: Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think I think France is one of those teams. that's like if they gel and if things work, they're great. The problem is like who who's their leader? Pogba's not. Pogba's not that guy. Like Griezmann's not that guy. Uh, I, I don't see. You know, they don't have like a Zidane type not even the skill of Zidane but just like the leadership qualities of Zidane like they don't they don't have that guy so who is that guy in Germany oh they don't need it it doesn't matter (laughs) just so (laughs) efficient (laughs) they're so good um yeah I mean Germany you know they're always they're always good yeah like they're sort of not it's like they're they're like not anonymous but they're just like it's just like next guy up after the next guy and they're all just so fucking good. And like, they kind of don't have, you know, they don't really have a superstar. Uh, Kimmich is great. Um, but like, if you're talking about, you know, it's like, they don't have a Messi or Ronaldo.
1: They're- Isn't Thomas Muller. He was a, like, he's a pretty like prominent, uh, like expo- you know, he's like a prominent goal scorer at least.
2: Yeah, I think he's a he's a pretty good goal scorer. Um, looks like he should be in a boy band, I think. Like he'd be really good. Um, More
0: handsome boys. Yeah. All, the, all these cute boys playing soccer.
2: Um, but, you know, he, a like, he, he's a guy who's like, he's a guy who is good at scoring goals, but that's about it. And, like, he he is a good finisher. And that's pretty much, There's not like a whole lot.
1: You know who I always associate Thomas Muller with is, like, Antonio Brown? Because they're not physically that intimidating, but they always are, they're so good at spacing. <laughs> like, they're just always open, you know, like, yeah. they both find, a, find the little spots soft spots
0: that's I mean that's the game right that's like it's it's about having that instinct to know where, where to be where to be open I'm open more of a Peter Crouch guy right? <laughs> <laughs> you're just taller than everyone and also yeah. you
1: look like one of the like the malformed Weasley twin oh yeah
0: he uh, the Peter Crouch did look like I was like when I saw it I was like that guy plays professional soccer and, uh, he's just, just, just like, like when you long. saw Bartolo just...
1: Colon you're like that's an athlete exactly um <laughs> Bart, how, how, how is England this year
2: <laughs> Harry Kane's uh Harry good, Kane's good right? yeah they're gonna be fun they're young um expectations are super high because they're always super high for england uh i think they, could, they did invent the game They did invent, <laughs> you know, that's true yeah. um yeah I, I think uh you know they have a, a decent coach decent manager southgate um they're, they're another team it's like if they get their shit together they're great and if not you know i mean they'll lose in penalty kicks and they'll probably lose in penalty kicks anyway
0: so. what about what about everyone's darling iceland that's been uh, that's that's our. Do, do you have any thoughts? Because Iceland is also an interesting. Or have you observed like I, I the idea that Iceland, a nation of like I think less than half a million people, three hundred thousand people, yeah, uh, uh, um, can can perform at a top two hundred thousand gnomes. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> just yeah, exactly. To, to, less than th- or three hundred thousand people that all believe in the existence of, <laughs> <laughs> of magical beings <laughs> and trolls. <laughs> yeah, I mean
2: they have they have the opposite problem, right? Like they're a team that probably doesn't have elite talent. I mean they certainly have good players, but. They're like they know exactly what they're gonna do. They know exactly what everyone else is gonna do. They play together. They've all been playing together since they were six. Yeah. You know, it's just like
0: They're all cousins. They're all they're <laughs> all cousins. They're all related. They
2: all have too many vowels in their name. Um you know, and they're like a little they're playing with house money at this point. You know, yeah. they're kinda like we got here, they had a great run on the Euros and yeah. so that was really fun and like nobody expects them to win. So um, they've
1: already
0: won they, by just yeah. showing up.
1: They've yeah. already won. When, when they won, they tied with, uh, they drew with Portugal uh, during the Euros, and Cristiano Ronaldo uh, kind of took a, threw some shade at him. He was like, huh. they were celebrating so much on the field, you think they'd won the Euros. And someone pointed out that Cristiano Ronaldo has like 18 times the Twitter followers that they have citizens. <laughs> <laughs> Also, they—I love that they—they they have to do double duty because they have so few. Their they're pool of like men of that age that so the—I mean that's three hundred thousand people includes like their grandmothers too. Like the it's like something insane. Like twenty thousand people or something are like men of national team age, um, and like one of them is like a dentist. I, like the coach is also a dentist. I think the goalie was like. A music video director too, because like <laughs> they have to. It's like <laughs> Manhattan; like they have to be dense with yeah. their social functions. So yeah. like,
0: sports star and music video guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if that guy was your dentist? And you're like, yeah, I just got badly. Sorry, I can't do the root canal on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, we gotta we gotta go perform in this like global sporting event. <laughs> I'm um,
1: super pumped about um, Colombia. I am half Colombian, and um, my other half, Italy, is uh, disgracedly out. But, um, Falcao is old. He, I, th- I thought that this is a, this is a risible statement that should earn me derision. But I thought that if Radamel Falcao was, uh, I think he's on Atletico Madrid now or is it Bilbao? I think it's Atletico Madrid, but he last, uh, 2014, if he was healthy, he was like a rising striker. And had he been healthy, with that team that so overperformed as it was, you know, that was kinda of like the is coming out party. Um, that they could have and they almost you know, they could have beat Brazil in the semifinals, you know, and uh or quarterfinals. And uh yeah, I don't know. I was so now that team like he's he's playing and I guess he's older and probably not not as good anymore, but I'm very excited about Colombia.
0: Uh my only association with Columbia is that that stupid Thirty for Thirty documentary about the two Escobars and uh, then how essentially like Alexi Lala scoring a goal got got the soccer well, Escobar it was, murdered. It was an own goal, wasn't it? It was well, it was an own goal on his part, but I think I think Alexi Lala scored one of the early goals against like there was like a, they uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't I don't know if it you. Sounds remember. like you really watched it. Yeah, <laughs> I watched this documentary f- four or five years ago. Uh, I think you're confusing Alexi Lalas' hair
1: with Carles Cald- Valderrama's
0: hair. Oh, well, I just remember seeing because he also had the hair. He had the long. He was it, now his hair is equally as goofy, but for different reasons. But uh, it's like he had the beard and like the crazy hair, and was, everyone's was wearing those like those um, um the, the, style the denim uh the yeah. denim kits. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. No, do you have any insight on on Columbia's uh, or or any insight on
2: the denim kits? <laughs> <I> like the <laughs> denim kits. Uh yeah, Columbia's good, man. I don't know, you know more about Columbia than I do probably, but uh I think they're I think they're fun. You know, it's like it is. You get 3 games in the group stage. Yeah. And I think the other thing we're talking about sort of the quality of the play, I think one thing that brings the quality of the play down is that the the real goal in those group stages is not to lose. It's it's really not like it you're not trying like unless you're playing the worst team in your group, then you're trying to win, but the other two games like you're really just trying not to lose. Yeah. Especially if you're sort of like the second or third best team in that group because you know, if you get four points, if you it, like, or if you get five, if you get two ties and a win, like you're through.
0: Yeah, well, um, like, that's what was such a bummer. Of, oh, sorry about last time when Team USA was winning against Portugal and then blew it. Like that was such a deflating. But I mean, they ended yeah. up, yeah. Like, but it was like that would have just solidified that ninety the fourth right. minute. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really, uh, yeah, bummer, um, yeah. And uh you know, what, another thing I always wondered was like, do you think that the
1: European teams are at an advantage because I think that because. Aren't a lot of national team, uh, friendlies, um, in Europe because like, like where, where did the, the Argentinian team, for example, um, like a lot,
2: were most of their friendlies in South America? Um, I mean a lot of like all the qualifiers are in South America, the friendlies, you know, I mean, they'll come to the U S for a summer tour. Um, a lot of the friendlies are probably in Europe. Yeah. Because a lot of their players are over there.
1: I Do you, don't you think it's an advantage. How the, so? Because the, you know, if you're on the French national team and you don't have to go that far, you know, you're, you have a two hour flight to get to your national team training and then, you know, match like versus having to take a, you know, 14 hour flight. If you're messy to go to Ecuador you know to for that like qualification game like that's a big difference
2: yeah but everyone's doing that right like all the ecuadorians are flying they're flying back too
1: that's true i guess well no a lot of probably a lot of the ecuador team is playing in like the mexican league or the brazilian yeah. league or something right
0: yeah so well, then that would give them an, an advantage in like locally. You know what I mean? You, that's you, true. I you, guess if you're yeah. not, yeah. yeah,
1: you're either playing a team
0: that's bad, or yeah. if they're good, then they're also flying back for the also, Yeah, and also the friendlies are just kind of like they just they like it's especially like it, it was clear here when they brought out you know there was a couple of years ago I think Argentina played. Who did they play? Not Team USA. Maybe it was Team USA in a friendly. But they, they did play, yeah. Yeah, maybe that was it. They did Argentina versus USA, and they were like, the whole thing was like, well, is Messi even going to play? You yeah, know what I mean? Like right. th- Then they put him in for however long. For and half, the, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. and like,
2: all those summer tours, like, they yeah. all have in their contracts, so they're like, okay, Messi has to play for 45 minutes a game, yeah. and then he plays for 45 minutes a game, and then yeah, he's out, exactly, you know, yeah. or like, Ronaldo has to play for 60 minutes a game, he plays for 60 minutes, and then the 61st minute, they pull him out.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. How long do you think uh, those two guys have left in them? I mean, do you think this is like their last? I'm sure Messi will see another World Cup. Probably both of them will. Um, what do you think?
2: I think they, I think they won't be the best players in the world for much longer. Um, you know, I think they probably both have. Like Ronaldo's got another Euro, probably. I mean, he's also like changed his game in a pretty amazing way. You know, he used to be when he was younger, he was just faster and stronger than everyone else, yeah. and he would just run by guys. And then he like learned how to. You know, he's great in the, I mean, he's still, he can still jump over everyone. He can't run by them anymore. And mm-hmm. so he changes his game. And it's, I mean, it's actually really amazing for a guy who is as elite as him. It's like Jordan's like step back jumper period, right? It's like, it's incredible for someone who is the best player in the world or second best player in the world to like completely change what he did. Because he recognized that he was aging,
0: or like Bartolo Colon's, or like vision. Bartolo, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> playing defense with its gut, exactly. Just just getting super fat and then being a, a, a just a sniper and just picking out how spot. How so, yeah, they're learning how to hit, and learning how to feel. Also. A guy who feels his position incredibly well. So you, you're robbing everybody of a Bartolo Colon's <laughs> home run by having the designated hitter. I'm sorry, guys. I know we've been talking about soccer this whole time, but I got to bring it back to baseball. Robbing everyone of that great home run of that wonderful large man. And also, remember the time that he threw a guy out in 2015 at first with a behind the back throw yes, to first base? Yes.
1: Most pitchers can't even throw to first. I mean, exactly.
0: <laughs> He's um, amazing.
1: Uh, so when you're watching soccer with someone who what when you're watching soccer with someone who's an engaged sports fan um, how do you introduce them to what they're seeing so in other words like if you're with people who like don't know it that much and don't care and they're just there for the spectacle and like they're not going to retain any of this it's whatever it's a very it's actually probably the best sport to watch because it's so simple but for people that are like you know I want to be able to interpret what I'm seeing and, you know, I'm going to enjoy this more if I understand the tactics a little bit. Um, like what is your, um, entree for them to like get that kind of second level of soccer understanding as they're watching it?
0: How can we seem cool okay,
1: and knowledgeable? <laughs> 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 that's not what I asked. But you can, that's what I'm asking. You can tell, you can tell, tell Brian how to be. Yeah.
2: Um, that's a really good question. And I, I don't know if I have a great answer for it. Um, I think, I mean, I think like you said, like soccer is pretty simple, right? And it is like, it's pretty slow and you can kind of, you can see what's going on. I mean, I think the important thing is to like point out who is for, for lack of a better, like the point guard of each team, right? So like Spain, like that's Iniesta and it's like, you can see how it's like when play, when players get in trouble, like they, they look to him and they are like pass it to him or like, you know, there's a lot of like back and forth and it'll, you know, he'll pass to someone and then they'll pass it back. Um, I think it's also really important to tell people that soccer is kind of boring. Mm-hmm. like the truth and I watch a ton of soccer but like there are parts of soccer games that are super boring and like that's fine and not a lot happens and I think you have to like kind of manage their expectations about that a little bit um, because otherwise they're like this sport sucks and you're like well it's kind of boring sometimes you know it's super fun uh, that's, uh, yeah. say, say more about that though because
1: I um, like I'm a critic of soccer in many ways I think it's ridiculously conservative and
2: yet I don't think it's boring like I don't think the low scoring is boring Um, I, I guess it's not the low scoring it's just like like, there are periods of game where, like, not a lot happens, you know, and just kind of, like, passes. people are just, like, that's passing true it around. Football. That's true of every sport, though.
0: Well, I, that's, what I ne- that's why I never understood the argument, it, particularly in the cases of soccer and baseball, too, where it's, like, where people are, like, well, I'm a football fan because football is a lot of action, and I'm, like, there's a lot of action to you, like, 10 Bud Light commercials jammed in between, like, <laughs> yeah. or, like, an F and trying to just, like... Don't, don't forget like, uh, the,
1: the new, uh, you know, F-89 or whatever. They yeah, spent the F- $8 billion yeah. developing flying over
0: the stadium. Yeah. Um, like, it is so I never understood that argument. So I guess we're all we're all kind of on the same page here. I think where it's like, yeah, like I understand how people on a surface level can see a baseball game or a soccer game being boring. But if you're a true sports fan and you're watching it, you'd be like, oh yeah, like some games are boring. See, some- baseball is
1: boring, and I think that part of
0: the appeal of it is that it's a slow pace. Soccer is a
1: very different style. Like baseball is like a sitting game. Like you're watching, you're sit, like you couldn't sit and relax at a baseball game if people were moving around as much as they were on a soccer field. Like that's one of the one of the appeals. I mean, look, they play 162 games for a reason. Like yeah. it well, is a it, slow game, but it's to exciting. That way. Like it gets slow and then it gets exciting really fast. Like I'm a fan of it. like I, I'm a fan of like chess. You know that is super. You know, but like it, any sport can get interesting if you're understanding what you're looking at, and especially. And I love baseball too. But that's kind of like that's what the question about soccer is. Like to what, how, do, is there a way to get someone to that point? So you're saying like the point guard looking at like the sort of like engine in the middle I
2: think also just like their sheer talent you know mm-hmm. it's like they'll hit a ball 50 yards on landed on a dime and then the guy will like just reach out with his off foot and drop it right in front. I mean it's just like and it's hard to kind of explain how hard that is but like if you can just kind of be like that's super hard you know like or the, the, if you can get to that point like it's really amazing I mean they just they just lace balls all over the yeah. field well
1: like the Ronaldo uh that bicycle kick he just did uh in the uh Champions League against Juventus that was incredible do you remember the Dennis Bergkamp goal from 94 yeah, yeah. where he like basically collected uh he one touched I don't even know if he, he I think he just sh- volleyed it out of the air yeah um or no, know he, he he collected it one he did two touches and then he it was an amazing goal look but, Google Dennis Bergkamp World Cup. Goal.
0: Well, it, like soccer highlights lend themselves to those really cool. Like even just like yeah. regular cool, like outside the box goals are like exciting to watch. Like I remember when my old roommate and I would just hang out and we would just watch soccer goal highlights. And that's exciting. But even just, I think what, even you know what you're saying is just at the base level play, like when you watch soccer warmups and you're watching them like laserly, like cr- do a cross field pass to another yeah. guy's like right foot when you, Especially when you see it in person, I think, even at a lower tier level, whether it's MLS or like even just like, uh, you know, collegiate soccer or something like that. You're just like, wow, that's imp- like if I if you put me on that field right now and try to pass it that way, it's just gonna like, like you t- can't like, even kick the ball that far. No, it's just like in dribble the right across the field. Yeah. <laughs> Did
1: you ever see the video of uh, a Norwegian um, league team playing 22 guys, 22 just regular guys? No, they'll, they'll, they destroy them. And that's a Norwegian league team. You know, yeah. I mean, they're not. Complete nobodies, but they're at least professional players. Right.
0: And it's 22 guys who are soccer enthusiasts yeah. that stand no chance against them, yeah. you know? Is there, but is is there any way to like spot, I mean, you know, we know, I know these from FIFA in particular. So playing FIFA, like the, the formations, like the four defenders, four midfielders, two strikers. I think Formations
2: are kind of a little bit, uh, like overrated as a, because formations like confirming my conspiracy theory. (laughs) I mean, you know, everyone starts out in a formation, but it's like, it changes based on what the, what the opposition is doing. I think what's really interesting is like, if you watch the team with the ball, how the other guys create passing lanes. Mm. you know and like because soccer is very much about like triangles right it's about like three guys on two and you can you can see how they're doing that and how they're like just taking little steps to get open and also like overlapping runs i think are really interesting where like you know the right wing the right you know the right midfielder will get the ball and then the right fullback will sprint by him and try to create space and also like and it's a little bit more advanced, but like what people are doing off the ball, like what the, fo- like the run that the forward is making to then create space. So someone else can come into that space. Um, and that, I mean, it's hard to see that in real time with someone who is a new, a new person. But like, I think it's not just about like what's actually happening with the ball is probably less interesting than what's going on all around it.
1: That's uh, that's uh, there was a, uh, one of my favorite world cup moments was when in South Korea, Italy was playing South Korea and they were um, getting no call. Like South Korea was brutalizing them, and um, they weren't getting. Italy wasn't getting any calls because it was. I mean, it was like a very obvious like favoritism home crowd, and the, that was the only way the South Korean teams did a chance. And Toti was basically getting bludgeoned by two guys, and he had the ball, and he was facing the sideline, and he had like you know like three feet to spare, and he just was like so tired and miserable that he just casually laid this like back heel pass into the field and it perfectly hit the um defender who was like running up the side and it was so because it's basically no look pass where he was like ah, fuck it and just like hit it but it was perfect because you know like the guy he's probably saw the guy in the corner of his eye or something and it was us it was in a game that was like artificially close because of like i think bad refereeing um that i'm biased though but uh definitely, it was definitely bad referee yeah. it, it was yeah it was, it was just a so, cool moment how much more talented this guy is
0: yeah another another uniting factor in sports fans is we all hate we all hate the narcs that are the refs there's three teams <laughs> on
1: the field two teams on the referee. Right, the referee i used i used to ref uh, high school soccer or when i was in high school i used to ref soccer did you ever get any parents screaming at you oh my god i we should a different podcast i'll talk yeah, more sorry, stories. <laughs> um, times we got yelled at yeah uh, <laughs>
0: terrible yeah
2: um, it was fun to watch Henri when he was on the Rebel because he was just so much better than everyone else in the field. And like he would make a pass and the guy just wouldn't be there. And he would just sort of like <laughs> ha- hang his head and walk back and be like, this is disgusting. Yeah. You guys are terrible. <laughs> you know? At least I'm going to
1: uh, frames tonight. We don't have that in France. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, let me go back to my giant Soho mansion apartment. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he and Steve
2: Nash were really good friends and they would ride a Vespa together. And so every now and then in Soho you just see like Henri on the back of Steve Nash's Vespa.
1: That's hilarious. And some guys like, I knew Sokka was gay.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so okay, let's uh wrap up by talking about the the US team. So um I uh read a piece of yours today about it was from twenty fourteen. I I don't want to cite it too extensively because it's probably very painful, but it was basically about how it, it was um like the new era of U.S. soccer was coming. I think you were more or less like kind of skeptical, but bearish uh, on, I'm sorry, bullish on uh, Klinsman mm-hmm. and the idea that he was playing a very long game and that this like extremely talented generation was coming up. And like what should be the prime time of American soccer is right now. And yet they haven't made the World Cup. What's your retrospective on that? And like what happened?
2: I mean, I think I was right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, so um, I think what happened was that that generation of players failed to get better. Like there were, and if you look at the World Cup team that failed to qualify, the qualifying team that failed, um, whatever, the team that failed to qualify for the World Cup, there is a really big gap of guys who should be in their prime, right? Like there's pretty much there are very few players between the ages of like 23 and 28 on that qualifying roster. If you, if you look at like the best player, you know, the top 30 players in the U S pool at this point, like I was like, I mean, I think Josie is like 27 and I think a lot of people would have understandable frustrations with how good he got to be. Um, And you know, the fact that Tim Howard is the best goalie and Clint Dempsey is the best goal scorer still, I mean, those were the guys who were playing in the, in qualifying. I mean, that's a huge problem, right? Like no one pushed them out. And that was like Klinsman did a lot of things wrong. Um, Klinsman was right about the fact that U S players kind of didn't push themselves. A lot of you, not all of them, but a lot of U S players didn't push themselves as hard as they needed to. And whether that's going to Europe or whether that's MLS needs to be better. So, I think the short answer to why they didn't qualify is that it's a fucking embarrassment. The little bit longer answer is that, that that generation of players didn't improve in the way that they needed to. And I mean, not all of them needed to succeed, but like you're, you're basically, there's an entire five year gap of players who just are not, just are not good. And I think the question is now is like, is that something that is systemic, a systemic failure with us development? Or is that just something kind of weird about the generation? And I think, I'm a little more positive than most people I think, but I do think that it's the former. I think that there's something about that generation of players. And I think a lot of it is like MLS kind of got to this point where they could, a lot of them like went to Europe and didn't make it in Europe and then came back to MLS and kind of had a soft landing. And, you know, like a guy like Breck Shea, uh, he tried, you know, he was good and Klinsman thought he was going to be great. And then he went over to Stoke and, Didn't do well in Europe and came back to MLS and just kind of languished in MLS and was like, I'm gonna make you know two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars a year being a professional soccer player in the U.S. and like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like being a professional soccer player, being an international player is super hard and you have to be really motivated. And you know, I think a lot of these guys kind of got to a certain point and whether it was their own personal push that they lost or like that desire or whatever, it just like, they kind of just failed. And then if you look at sort of the guys, I mean, if I was going to write that piece again, I think I would probably say a pretty similar thing. I mean, like Pulisic is great. Weston McKinney is great. There's a couple other, you know, Tyler Adams who plays for the New York rebels is great and keeps getting better. I mean, those are three, I think they're all 19. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, those guys, very likely i mean christian definitely would have been starting mckinney definitely would have been starting in russia adams probably would have been so star- i mean that's this three guys who you know were not ready a year ago and they weren't ready six months ago well christian was and weston might have been as well but like you know i mean they weren't they weren't ready 18 months ago they were a little bit too young they would have been ready this summer and it's just kind of like it just didn't. It just didn't work out.
0: We just hit the wrong set, po- point in the development yeah, I mean, cycle, it's, it's and, and it's also embarrassing yeah. that they didn't qualify. Yeah. Like,
2: it, th- there's no excuse for that. I think the I think the question is like, I, I, and I think like, I think the mistake that a lot of U.S. soccer fans make is that they don't separate this massive, massive, massive failure to qualify for the 2018 World Cup from things that are actually good that are happening in U.S. soccer development.
1: So it's kind of like the. Uh... Like they, they would have won the electoral college, <laughs> like they like there's no so what you're saying is like you're cautioning against like a systemic panic about the state of the U S soccer development. Like they there's no structural reason why they shouldn't have qualified. Yeah, they just didn't because and that sucks. But um, what about like Julian Green and DeAndre Yedlin? Uh, are they? Like because they, they were there before, right? Like are they the guys that didn't Green get was good Not enough? good.
2: Green was never good. So he's
1: so he's out now in terms of his like upside.
2: I, th- I mean, I, I don't know exactly how old. He's probably 22. I think he was, like, 18 in 2014. So, like, I mean, he's 22. He's pretty young. Like, he, he could be. I mean, Yedlin just played 34 games in the EPL. You know, he started. He's just starting right back for an EPL team that's going to stay up. Like, that guy, he's good, you know. like. But I look at these other teams, like, yeah,
1: like in Argentina. You know, they have, like, a couple core guys And then they build the team around them with guys that are good enough. And, you know, you don't need, like, to get to the World Cup, to, like, even get into the round of 16 or whatever, um, you don't need, you, you don't need more than a couple pieces. And if the U.S. has a couple pieces that are really good, um, I I guess this kind of goes back to your point. Like, there's no reason why they shouldn't have made it. Like, they, they would have possibly gone to, like, the round of 16. Yeah. I mean, and, and
2: I think it's really hard because I think, like, um, like I said, I mean it is it is an embarrassing, huge, monumental failure not to qualify for that World Cup. Like the three of us and eight U.S. players should qualify for that World Cup. Like yeah. it's not. It's, it's also like Concacaf is. It's easy to qualify. Right. I mean, that, that's the I benefit mean, of being God, where we are. Play, yeah. If they had to play yeah. in South America or Europe, like I mean, you look at the teams. You look at Italy. It's like that Italian team is way better than the U.S. team, right? And like you look at some of the teams that don't make it from, and it's like okay, so three and a half Concacaf teams get in. You're like you basically have to show up. And you qualify from Concacaf, yeah. you you can't separate it, but I almost I think you really do need to separate it and be like, okay, this is just a, a massive, like horrific failure, but it's it's actually not like a systemic problem.
0: Do you do you think that as maybe if the MLS continues to grow that it, the way that it does, that or if it if it doesn't become the soft landing for people that kind of wash out of the EPL or La League or whatever, that and they'll come back, but they actually have to keep the level of player competition gets harder, so those guys can't who could previously. Not coast, but they could definitely just like settle in and be like, okay, I can I can be comfortable here. If that talent goes up, then you'd say that like maybe maybe we'll crank out more more teams that are. Yeah, uh, so I, th- I think there's two things about that. I think
2: one, what US soccer really needs is they need like uh and I, I don't want to I hate to pick on Josie, um, but like the reason that he's not a better soccer player, and I think I think he's actually better a better soccer player than a lot of people give him credit for, but the reason he's not like a, a, he, he's an elite athlete. The reason he's not an elite soccer player is because one of the reasons I think and this is complete personal opinion is that when he was growing up, he was always the most athletic kid on the field. You know what the U S need, what U S soccer needs is they need like an AAU circuit for basketball. Right. It's like if anyone on like the, the 12th guy on the Knicks roster went through some shit to yeah. get to that point, he beat out, ten guys who are as athletic as him, twenty, I mean whatever the numbers are, right? Like and and that toughened him mentally in a way that you you don't get toughened when, you know, I mean, fuck, if I if I was a sixteen year old kid and I was the best soccer player on my team, like I wouldn't get better. You know, I wouldn't learn how to kick the ball with my left foot.
1: Vince Lombardi actually uh went, you know, really hard on his players because he had a theory that all professional athletes are naturally lazy because they're always amazing.
2: That's exactly what you're saying, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, and and I think, and so so I think one thing that MLS needs, and MLS is, it's it's happening, is that the youth academies need to get better, and they are, and they're putting a lot of money into it, so that now it's, now there's five kids who are as good as Josie on the Red Bull team, and I mean, you're seeing it, like Tyler Adams, like I said, I mean, he's a 19-year-old kid, he came up through the Red Bull system, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he started last year, and like, he just keeps getting better and better and better, and you talk to him, and you're like, this kid, like, gets it like he wants to be good and and i mean you know and some of that is natural i mean some of that is like like Landon donovan is a a great you know he's a wonderful like emotionally driven like but but that he didn't teach himself i mean that just happened but like you know it could happen but it needs to it needs to happen more and not naturally it needs to be like guys get pushed and they respond he was on everton
1: wasn't he like he wasn't playing over there
2: yeah, so he went to Germany. He won the best player in the world at the U17 World Cup when he was in like 99, I think. And then he got uh, Germany. When I think Leverkusen took him in Germany when he was 17, and then he kind of like flamed out there and came back to MLS.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I think and I think that's an interesting thing that's going on in global trend in sports. I mean, we can we export most of the these sports otherwise. Like you pointed to basketball basketball competition internationally is getting a lot better yeah. and but obviously we still dominate but like you can even see in between the olympic like dream team of 1994 to like who we just where we just trounced everybody to like the more recent olympic competitions where it was like, we still trounced everybody but it was closer <laughs> and like teams like australia and eastern european and you're seeing a lot more australian and eastern european players play in the u.s and you know that they're that pressure is being put up from the bottom, whether it's internationally or just kids like like you said, the replacement level player. As yeah. If we're going to, to go to uh, basketball or baseball terms, like the the guy you get at a replacement level, is just sitting right there at the precipice. Like the last man on the roster, got there through some like he was formerly playing on some some backwater minor league team right. or G League or D League team that it was like okay then you and get working his you, ass off yeah exactly work yeah. their ass off and it's like n- nothing was guaranteed and you get called up and you, your number gets called up yeah. to, the, to the majors and MLS isn't quite that yet well and so the
2: thing that MLS has done is it has done two things one it has made like if you look at the American player pool MLS has made players f- 40 40 through 100 better yeah. right like that, that those guys are better. It has not made guys one through 10 better. Yeah. It, the hope, and I think if it keeps going, and again, like MLS needs 20 years, in 20 years it will, right? Yeah. Because MLS has also made every CONCACAF nation that's not the US and Mexico better. Yeah. Because now, <laughs> you know, now guys from Jamaica can come and play yeah, here. Also now like, guys from Panama can come and play here. Yeah. Now guys from Honduras can come and play, and they're getting, you know, better competition and better pay. And so you look at, you know, I think Panama has, I I mean, they made the World Cup for the first time and they have like eight guys playing in MLS or something like that. And it's like, they never would have made the World Cup, you know,
0: Panama also formerly Part of Colombia And it's own independent (laughs) country Because of America Well they're all part of
1: Gran Colombia Just to be clear I love the fact Last time it blew my mind That uh, the 2014 Brazilian team I guess they got destroyed But um, their goalkeeper Was uh, playing the MLS Yeah It's like what the hell Brazil's keeper Is playing the MLS It's crazy Yeah um, um, you, grew, all right.
2: you grew up in Brazil, you don't want to be a goalie. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. That's true. That, yeah, that yeah. guy was, probably, yeah. that was the nerd. He of was probably bully, yeah. <laughs> um, that's the last guy picked. Yeah. All
1: right,
0: so the moment we've all been waiting for should we find a team for Brian to root for? My favorite team, as everyone knows, is the New York Mets. And so we have to find like an analogous World Cup playing team that's playing that. And yeah. you pointed out that that would probably actually would be, be the Americans <laughs> <laughs>
2: poorly coached too much money.
0: Okay. Too um, much money. Not enough results. Okay. that makes underachieving. sense. Underachieving run by the U's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also probably, there's a lot of drama, like a very lot, a very lot of public drama mm-hmm. about around the team. So can we find like an analogous team in the current world cup field that I can root for? That would give me the same level of like, I love them, but I also, I want to tear my ha- so hair out watching them. My
2: thought was England. England interesting Ooh, because yeah. uh you know passionate fan base um maybe a little crazy they're a young team they have some young exciting players get hurt all the time
0: okay this this is very that's very much. Won a championship yep. in the 60s won a championship in the 60s okay
2: they also very Mets like very disappointing in every ever since
0: pretty it much sounds like e- yeah. e- even though my Irish roots are telling me to hate England I think am <laughs> be rooting for England um my half well, that's the thing is like because even my heritage can't I can't for a team, neither Ireland nor Italy <laughs> qualified. So even the, but I did, and I did the ancestry.com thing. And I am actually, it turns out, even though my genetic, my genetic heritage links mostly back to either Northern Ireland or England. So I guess maybe even go. genetically, England sounds like my team. I think I could root for this squad. I mean, it would really, um, Hurt my brand for my dog's my dog's <laughs> IRA account, but you know His what? IRA yeah, Seamus, he's in the IRA. My dog is in the IRA. He's in camp right now, though in ira training <laughs> camp <laughs> yeah so like i mean what are these other, they're playing belgium too which is a country
3: belgium
1: I used to be was was super uh hot uh hipster team last year or last last
2: world cup and now i think iceland has kind of taken over for the belgians <laughs> like all, all the people that yeah. were rooting for the belgians are. Rooting for how old
1: accent. is eden ha- aiden hazard i don't even know how to say that in a non-british accent i don't think he's
2: that old uh, they're gonna be good Phil, though. Phil Luana, like that Phil whole Luana. team. I mean Lukaku is like Felicia.
0: twenty-six probably. Like, do you feel like do in Belgium do they split it up? Or does the offensive players are they Flemish and the defensive players Walloonish, well, Or like, like Belgium is this country that is two countries. Like
3: that'd be
1: funny if they had a, a system on the national team the same way that like Lebanese politics works. Like one forward has to be Flemish. <laughs> the other forward has to be a Christian Democrat. Yeah.
0: Um, um Yeah. I think I'll root for you know what I'll probably root for England because also the guy who um, the the bar that I'll be watching this at most of it at the Black Horse Pub on Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn, uh, the owner is English and he he's a Spur, he's, he's a Spurs fan and I like that guy he's a cool guy so I, I think I'll probably I, I think England is a good sales pitch. Noah, as yeah. a professional,
1: are you allowed to have a team that you root for?
2: Uh, um, not really. Also, like being a professional sports writer has kind of ruined fandom for yeah, me in a it. in a way. I can get that, um, yeah. Because like you're not really allowed to cheer. I mean, there's no cheering in the press box. Although when when Landon scored that goal in South Africa, there were like a lot of like yeah. little fist pumps, and then everyone was like, "Okay, now we've wait." Gotta, there's now we no write.
1: cheering allowed in the press no. box. No. What do you mean? Like they, there's a rule. Is there like a you referring that to says the Egypt, I mean, there's the not Egypt like game a hard yeah. rule, but it's like this is in front of the co- to be you're not professional. You know? I never thought of that. Like that makes sense, but I've never thought of that. Yeah,
2: it's also it's really weird because like so the American press corps is pretty professional um, and like they don't cheer and they don't ask for autographs. You know, after the game under the stadium, they have this thing called the mix zone where all the players walk through and you like grab someone. You're like, you know, Tim Howard, can you give me some quotes? And everyone sticks a microphone in his face. Um, and then he walks away. And so like the U S you know, the U S people who get press passes in the U S are journalists um, and in other countries, it's just like, it's just fans. And so you have just like, you know, 150 mexican fans and also like 10 mexican journalists and like <laughs> 50 people who are maybe journalists and maybe fans and or probably both and they're like, and they're like signing autographs and it's also <laughs> it's always like a tiny little space because nobody wants the journalists to be there anyway so this is like just it's just chaos down there
0: yeah is there as much edmos animosity towards journalists as in the great um uh, who's frodo what's his name
1: uh frodo Baggin, or the, Lord of the. who played frodo himself? Oh, Elijah Wood. But oh, the, oh, in the great Elijah hilarious. Wood
0: film, great uh, <laughs> Green Street Hooligans, <laughs> is there as much animosity towards journos as I was led to believe by that B film that I <laughs> saw. Green Street Hooligans.
2: <laughs> not, not American journalists, but uh, the English. They don't like the English ones. The Mexicans
1: do it right because their journalists are just all like playboy ex you know like we're <laughs> about to be murdered by the sinaloa cartel <laughs> oh god we didn't even talk about rafa marquez's oh, yeah, yeah, uh secondary career as a uh, drug front man um are you gonna go to russia
2: i'm not gonna go to russia no if the u.s qualified i would have gone also i have not been in the u.s for a world cup in like 20 years not two thousand since 2002 so i think it'll be fun to be here and like Watch games here.
1: If all uh, goes
0: according to plan, you'll be here for twenty twenty six. You should uh, <laughs> come. Both of you should come
1: with me to um, Queens. I'm gonna definitely try to watch. There's one Columbia game on a Saturday, and I want to go to Queens to watch it because they flood the streets. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah, I can do that. Yeah. In
0: Like Corona or something like that, or, or no, pl- it's a uh,
1: different. Um, I can look it up, but it's in. all
0: right. Uh, all right. Well, Noah Davis, you know, you got, you got anything to plug uh, other than uh, I no. Older, no I just- I yeah. Check out Noah's Twitter My Twitter feed Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I check it out I guess that's where I get A good source of sports news yeah. Brian
1: you got anything going on? Anything going on at your crazy Brooklyn Comedy Collective at the No it's on the,
0: It's on hiatus The brick is uh, So we will have th- Shows coming back in June Nice um, What else is going on? I think that's pretty much it um, All right uh, yeah, Take it so Yeah so it's uh, Noah thanks for coming on With the Infinity License and, Awesome uh, to
1: talk to you I, I'm very excited for the Are you excited for the World Cup? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's
0: awesome <laughs> Let's all hang out at the Black Horse. I think we should go for the opening game for that Russia-Saturday Night. Yeah, we should, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah it'll like, go to Kourouk. Like world will end. So. Yeah. Like, exactly. And somebody's going to go right. We know that much. Have a good in Thanks for coming on. In
3: the lifting. As we lose our inhibition celebration. It surrounds us. Every nation, all around us. Sing forever younger. Let get the Let's in the beautiful game. and together, at the end of the day, we all say. When I get older, I will be stronger. They'll call me freedom, just like a waving flag. And then it goes back, and then it goes back, and then it goes back, and then it goes. Back, then it goes. When I